the technology was awful, <laughs> royally awful. The idea was awful. Hello and welcome to That Tech Show, the show that reveals the magicians behind the magic that is everyday technology. On today's episode, we have Vishal Maria, who is the big cheese and founder over at Quantexa, which is a platform that brings together all of your data and provides an intelligence layer over the top, which at the time was, we recorded this was on version one, and now they've launched Quantexa 2. Vishal shares his time at Dedica, EY, SAS, and BAE, his first-class degree on computer science at Royal Holloway University, London, how he approaches problems from a business perspective, having started a business completely from scratch after working for his father at Cash and Carry, where he learned the foundations of running a business. In amongst that, he somehow managed to squeeze in some coding. He also tells us how he risked it all to start the company and after the first year being in six-figure debt. We even dip into productivity tips and mental health coping mechanisms for stress. Some real talk. We cover a wide breadth of experiences and practical applications of starting a successful company. So if you're a budding entrepreneur, then this one is for you. Remember to like, subscribe and share. Here is Vishal Maria. Yeah, hit the bell. Ding! <laughs> Hi, my name is Vishal Maria, and I'm the CEO and founder here at Quantexa. Okay, very cool. So uh, what is Quantexa? Let's start with that, and then maybe we can go from there. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so founded Quantex on the 1st of March, 2016. And what, what we do for our clients today, we help them to stitch data together to empower our clients to make better trusted decisions. So take us back then, what were you doing before 2016? Um, before 2016, uh, I was an executive director at E&Y Ernst & Young here in the UK, working with a number of organizations about better using and optimizing data uh, within compliance. So if that's around anti-money laundering, if that's around sanction screening, or if there's around fraud detection, uh, how do you use data to combat financial crime? And previously to that, um, I had careers at both SAS, which is one of the largest privately owned uh, data analytics uh, companies, and before that, BAE Systems um, here in the UK. So there's some big names in there then. So big names. Yeah, what about the, um, the, the Ernst & Young thing? How long were you at, at Ernst & Young for? So Ian Y, I was there for for uh, for about two years. Um, again, yeah, based here in in London. It was a fantastic time of my career. Um, some great people I worked with. Um, some great people from Ian Y now work for me here at Contexa. Ah, really? You must have done a good job there, then, if you managed to bring some people with you. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, you know, people buy from people, people work from people. It it is all about people. And, um, you know, I'm for fortunate that I've worked with some of the greatest in the data analytics place. And um, yeah, it's, it's great to still continue working with those people today. Very lucky. Very, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's uh, if you meet people you like, it's, it can make or break a career. It can make or break uh, the culture of an organization and everything. So uh, completely within that. And also the, the money laundering stuff and, and being like data has formed a huge part of your your technical career. Was that something you studied in university or where, where did your, what, what I'm trying to say, your education, that's the one. <laughs> where did your education take you? Yeah, great, great question. So I, I, you're absolutely spot on. Um, 
I studied computer science um, at university at the Royal Holloway University of London. I got I achieved a first class degree uh, in computer science. I, I coded when I joined Dedica. But yeah, no, after graduating, uh, I then did my master's in information security management and then, yeah, joined Dedica uh, as a coder. Uh, so, yeah, um, working with data, large volumes of data uh, has been something I've been wrestling with uh, since, well, I'm going to say for a very long time, it feels like. Uh, but uh, yeah, at least since university. Do you find now in your career then being that hands on? is helping you sort of advance in, in your in your later life? Um, are you still hands-on with it or have you kind of put that down now? Great question. I mean, um, I don't code anymore, to be clear. Um, I've got far better people in my company who are a million times better than I could ever have been in coding. But one thing coming from a technical background, which has really helped me is I understand the logic of code. I understand the logic of what uh, code can provide our clients and the value from a business perspective. Um, so I can be quite dangerous in a product meeting. I just came out of a product meeting to be completely fair. Um, I'm really excited by the launch of our new version of our platform. And uh, yeah, you know, I was in the product team uh, here doing, um, you know, just understanding the development so far. And yeah, I'm sure my R&D team get quite annoyed with me when I'm in those meetings. But, you know, it's it keeps me it keeps me close and relevant to the tech because when I'm with my clients and also when I'm doing, you know, town halls here at Contexa, being still close to the tech is, is, is critical for any tech CEO. And what about the, the design and the actual kind of interface of product development? Is it mostly the kind of techie stuff you're into or are you into the sort of creative stuff as well? I, I would say actually neither. <laughs> I, I'm more interested in the business value. I'm more interested in the so what. So you're doing this great, you know, algorithm or, or you we're about to launch this new capability, but it's almost the so what. What is the business outcome? Is this technology solving? So I've always come and uh, sort of tackled this problem, not trying to be a problem looking for a solution, but knowing what this, you know, knowing what it is that I want to achieve. And then obviously uh, building capability to tackle that problem. Um, so it's it's a really important thing. Um, so, I mean, I have great UI designers in the company. I have, you know, as I say, some of the most smartest people on the planet who are putting the, the platform together. But my biggest value add when I'm in the room is what is the business problem are we solving with this? What is the business problem are we solving tomorrow with that? So that's where I kind of really, you know, step out um, when, when I'm in these meetings. Was that like a bit of a left turn that you took at some point in your career, though, to move away from being a coder and go more into the sort of the the financial uh, areas and the and the data areas before sort of now having enough knowledge to be dangerous to sort of paraphrase what you'd mentioned before? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a left turn. It was a logical direction in in my journey when I graduated and and I joined Dedica. It it was very quick that I could see that. I'm really strong in understanding the tech side, but presenting that to business stakeholders was something I was very good at. And, um, and that was a huge strength I had, um, and I hopefully still have um, <laughs> today, that I can take some of the most complicated tech speech and, and be able to explain it in layman's terms to a business sponsor, and most importantly, explain the value 
of that tech from a business context. So I, I, I think it was logical. Um, I, I don't think I, I joined Dedica thinking I'm going to be the best programmer or the best coder in this company or continue coding for the rest of my career at Dedica. Um, so for me personally, it was quite logical that I went that, through that career path. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm delighted I did. But exiting Royal Holloway with a first, you must have been pretty handy with the code. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember um, there was the lab there. I think it was, if I remember, if I recollect, it was the Tolansky lab at Royal Holloway. So the Tolansky lab at Royal Holloway, I spent many nights <laughs> programming away for my, if, if it was my dissertation or my projects that we used to do as groups or individuals. Yeah, I remember spending hours in the lab. And yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed when, um, you know, you had a problem and you had to solve it using tech. I, I really enjoyed that. So do I miss it? Mm, mm, probably not, um, to be fair. Um, I, I always say in, in, in business speak, sometimes when we're on this side of the coin, you sometimes cannot alone solve the problem. Um, sometimes you can do all the logic that you can put into a process but still not get the desired outcome. Whereas in tech speak, actually, um, you can put all the time in and still get to your desired outcome because you're in more in control of the code that you, you're running. Whereas in sometimes when you're looking at it from a sales perspective or a go-to-market perspective, you could do so much, but sometimes you just might not win the decision. So it, it's a different challenge. But yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed both sides, and I enjoyed both sides of this, of of that coin. But it's probably quite a rare skill, I suppose. Well, I don't know. I, I you know, the certain certain of us have it, I suppose. But computer science graduates with that ability to master the business speak and to uh, to communicate with stakeholders and speak in layman's terms about something that's highly technical. Yeah, I mean, again, I would have to probably go back and unpack a bit more of my history. From a young age, I've been, you know, finishing school. Most kids went home, right, to um, do their homework or or whatnot. When I finished school, I used to go to my dad's cash and carry and work. So, you know, finishing off at 325 um, at a school in Clapham, um, where, where I was, I used to go to my dad's cash and carry in Brixton and work till probably about seven o'clock, right? And then go home with mum and dad um, and then, you know, back to the next day. Uh, and then, you know, the, the worst guys was was like on the weekends, like nobody wanted to work on the weekends, right? After a, a week of school. But yeah, you know, I used to wake up on a Saturday morning. Uh, we used to open the cash and carry at uh, 9 a.m. and then work till 7 p.m. And so being in business, I mean, I, I recollect from, from an age of, say, five or six years old, I remember uh, working in the cash and carry and I loved it, you know, working with my, my brothers and my sister, uh, my mum and dad. And it was it was challenging, right? You know, working and and making this 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 word called profit. Uh, <laughs> some people hate this word called profit these days, but you know, making a profit was really important because it was survival, right? You know, we we you know, my parents came from India in 1961 and 1965 with you know one shilling in their pocket, right? Wow. So it was you know we had we had to work incredibly hard, and my my mum and dad, I, I talk about how hard I work. My mum and dad worked ten times harder than me. You know, it's fantastic to you know see that growth and see what they did but yeah i mean business was in the blood from a very young age counting money cash <laughs> um and selling product in a cash and carry was um was in the blood so i think it was inevitable i was going to get back to this in some shape or form in in doing the business side but i did go into a path of 
writing code and understanding algorithms and you know writing optimal code and so on so um that's a bit of bit of that background so not a massive surprise <laughs> so did they still have the cash and carry oh no dad retired in the late 90s and again he did he did very well and uh, no no he he stopped and he retired in the late 90s same with my mum yeah, it was it was a great journey, and um, you know they've they've done tremendously well. That's incredible. So that gave you the real sort of passion for the business side, then. So it, along this way, when did you start programming? Because how did you, how did you? I can't imagine that you came out of the Royal Holloway with the first. If that was the first, if going to university was the first time that you set hands on a keyboard, but how? But I also can't imagine where you found time to actually learn if you were working <laughs> in the cash and carry. I mean, school was great, um, you know, learning programming at school. Um, so I went to a school in Ballam. Um, it was called, um, at that time, it was called Chestnut Grove. You know, I, I, I did, uh, I think it was called Business IT at that time in, in school. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it was called Business IT. And then, yeah, and I learned some, some coding there. Uh, but it was really at college. I went to Kingston College. In, in Surrey and I did uh, computer science or I think it was called information technology to be fair it was called information technology and I learned a lot there as well well actual coding yeah we were doing C++ in in college and then um, I continued that on in um, uh, university when was this roughly oh you got me now right so college would have been Kingston College would have been uh, September 1999 Wow. And they were still, they were teaching you C++. That's incredible. Yeah. C++ and Java. Information technology for us was just like Word documents and, you know, well, we'd secretly play, what was that game, that mind game or whatever it is. No, I was going to say, I was going to say exactly that. Like I, I, my IT was a, a GCSE in Microsoft. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I remember creating web pages uh, in HTML. Oh, uh, get out of town! Yeah, my goodness, this is oh. going back. This is going back years. <laughs> like this is this is before you know. Um, I think it was Windows three dot one, right? Was was kind of the, the main thing. And I remember, I remember my my dad. I, actually, my God, now you're really going back. I remember <laughs> my dad buying me. I would have been what I would have been late school, maybe at college, and a compact presario computer, and it was a big thing, big computer, and um, yeah, he bought it so for my education and blah blah. And my parents backed backed me, you know, from a from an education perspective, and my mum really, my mum really championed me to go and get an education. Um, so they bought me this compact presario, and I must have broken it thousands of times and um yeah no it was um it was a definitely an interesting time different to now absolutely completely different to now yeah i just can't believe that you, were, you had that ability to learn some of that in school i think that sort of gives you a little bit of a head start to a, to a degree to have a you know the, the, the schooling that you got yeah no i remember my um even if i go back to something like year eight year nine right at school so this would have been i remember this actually i remember creating a program my god you guys are going deep now <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I remember I remember a program. I think it was a project. It was Euro 96. Oh, wow. Euro 96. And we were collecting the data from all the results coming out for Euro 96. This is when uh, England beat Holland 4-1. Great game, by the way. Um, <laughs> two, it's a great game. And I remember taking the data in there to look at predictability and stuff like that using, you know, using code at that time. And I remember it was a big school project. Um, we did it in the year. And yeah, no, it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. But yeah. So then from, from, from school, well, actually, I'm super curious to like, how, 
large is uh, Quantexa right now? So we've, we've celebrated uh, last week our 500th employee. Wow. So we got over 250 here in the UK, about 100 or so in the Americas, uh, another 50 or so in Australia, um, and the rest scattered between Europe, uh, Middle East, and Singapore. We've now done four rounds of funding. The latest round, uh, which was led by Warburg Pincus uh, last year in 2021, where we raised just over $150 million at a valuation just shy of a billion dollars. We have over 9,000 end users on our platform. So yeah, that's a bit of context of the company I run today. Wow. So my question really then comes down to like, as a CEO of, of, of a fairly, you know, successful organization, thinking back to the, you know, your, your coding expertise, what you've been doing, how much do you attribute to your day-to-day basically from from your coding experience from your time at you know university and even cash and carry yeah I, look, I, I think every part of my journey from the cash and carry to you know studying to getting a job um, I think there's unique experience right across the piece and I mean if I go you know myself and just, you know sort of look myself in the mirror Everyone makes mistakes. You make a mistake, you're human, right? You make a mistake. You make the same mistake twice, you're damn stupid, right? So <laughs> I, I, I've learned that a lot, sometimes the hard way with uh, older brothers and sisters and, and, and working in the cash and carry. But, you know, I, I've, I've learned continuously throughout the journey. I think one thing, you know, my wife will probably not say this, but people at work will, um, I'm not a stubborn man. I would definitely make a decision. And sometimes I get those decisions wrong and um, I will very quickly, you know, rectify. Uh, and some of that, for example, came back again from, from, from early days of my career, but also back to the cash and carry when, you know, sometimes we got things wrong and, you know, you put your hand up and then you rectify and, and you move on. But again, I think that's, that's been an interesting part to the journey. I think the other thing, you know, again, coming back from my parents and so on, it's always been in me to be, you know, to do the right thing. You know, my chief people's officer, when she joined um, Quantexa a few years ago, as we were going through our hyperscale part of the journey, what do you mean by doing the right thing? I was like, do the right thing. You know, what do you mean by that? And so, you know, as we entered the pandemic, um, we spent and invested a lot of time around the employee value uh, proposition here at Quantexa. And the key part of doing the um, doing the right thing actually has now become a key part to the culture here at Contexa. And we actually, we created an acronym, DATA. And under DATA, determination is a key component of our culture and a key component of doing the right thing, being determined. And if I go again back to my career, um, you know, I had no right, one would say, to get a first class degree with you know the education and the background that I came through, I I was determined to get it. <laughs> I, I was determined to get it. You know, being ambitious is the second A. Uh, sorry, the first A in data. Being ambitious. Um, you know, we we are, and I continue to be ambitious as a CEO of Contexa. I had to be ambitious throughout my career. And the T, you know, is teamwork. You know, I I I loved. I used to uh, play a lot of football. Um, not so anymore. But I used to love playing football. I was a captain of my uh, five-side team, uh, and I had, you know, and I used to love playing football. Teamwork is critical in football. Um, you know, if you look at eleven-a-side uh, football, which I used to play a lot, sometimes you know defenders score goals. Right, it happens. 
sometimes strikers defend a goal. It's teamwork, right? And so it's really critical teamwork. And the final A is, is accountability. You know, the buck stops with me here at Contexa. The buck stopped at my dad and my mum in the cash and carry, right? Accountability is critical. Uh, you need to be accountable and you need to step up on the accountability. So actually there's a lot of, strangely, there's a lot of interconnection between, you know, my career that got me here at Contexa to, you know, the cash and carry and uh, the way uh, my parents really encouraged me when I was young to, to, to be ambitious, to be determined, to work with people. And more importantly, to be accountable to everything you do. So we've all got our little side projects going on. Have you uh, hired some people to work on your little projects? Oh, absolutely. I'm useless at design. There's a few services out there, though, right, to find people. Where, where do you go? The best place that I've gone, if I was to pick one of these services, is probably Fiverr. It's a bit misleading, though, isn't it? Because they're not going to be a Fiverr. No, but, you know, with all these side projects, we don't want it to cost the world. We just want a little bit of help on a little bit of copywriting or a bit of design that we can't do ourselves and shouldn't really attempt to do it because you're going to do a bad job. Otherwise, if it's not your if it's not your kettle of fish, don't boil the frog. There's a mixed metaphor. If have you heard one? <laughs> Get someone on Fiverr. They'll do it much quicker the prices are very, very reasonable unless you want to go to the Fiverr preferred members and get your startup up sooner. And you can uh, throw into that tech show at the same time by heading over to thattech.show or taking a look in the description and clicking the affiliate link and you can try out Fiverr and you can uh, be supporting that tech show whilst you're doing it. Because we get a little bit of a kickback. Give it a go. Venture into the world of outsourcing. Your, your life will change at Fiverr.com. So where did the idea come from initially? And do you think that you would have been able to do this earlier on in your career? Or was it the experience that you got through, you know, BAE, SAS, EY, etc., that led you to thinking that this was a good idea that you could create? Great question. Um, great question. So where did the idea come from? So when I was at ENY, I was seconded to a number of large global institutions. And I saw a massive pain point. The pain point was people were trying to make decisions, manually piecing these silo data together to make those decisions, right? So you had data coming in from uh, a core banking platform on the static customer data. They then had to go and connect that data to the transactions of those customers. They then need to look at external data. What does the external data tell me about this customer? Piecing that data together was taking hours to piece together. And then eventually to go, oh, this is a false positive. It's not a money launderer or a fraudster. And you've wasted hours of time piecing this data together and then eventually say false positive. And my, my, my challenge here was surely there's a better way of doing this. And that's kind of where the idea of Contexa comes, is can you, at scale, with full transparency, connect silo data together, then apply the best of machine learning and AI on top of this connected view of the data to make better and trusted decisions? So this is, this, this is 2016, right? You've got the idea in your head. You know, you're talking about survival in the first year and actually making payroll. So 
how much of a team did you put together and how much backing did you person? I mean, you don't have to reveal how much personally you put into it, but that must have been quite a thing to go, I'm going to break away from what is going to be a comfortable job at EY and go, I'm going to go on it alone because I've got this hunch. I'm going to need a team of people to build this with me. I mean, that's a, that's a big leap, right? Mate, it was probably the biggest leap I've ever taken. So um, at that time, right, so I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. So at that time, six years ago, I was 34. And when I finally made the call that I'm going to do this, ironically, I was in Vegas on, in the biggest AML conference. Uh, it's called ACAMS. It's the biggest AML conference. Uh, and the biggest AML conference, ACAMS, actually is in Vegas, uh, Las Vegas. And, um, you know, with these conferences, you, you, you have like a room where all vendors are, you know, pitching their, their kit, right? So I was, a part, um, I was an executive director at EY. I was there uh, walking around the stands, you know, looking at new tech, looking at new innovation. Pr- pretty lovely time, right? And um, I met this vendor and I, and I, and, and I met this uh, sales lady that was working for this vendor. And she did the whole big pitch of the vendor, what they do to me. A fantastic pitch. The enthusiasm, the energy was truly infectious. And I absolutely bought into her and the pitch. But the technology was awful, <laughs> royally awful. The idea was awful, right? And I was, and I sit there and I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I have this great idea. And I can pitch as good as this lady did. And like you say, I was at EY, I was having a great time, great people I was working for and with and great people that were working for me. And I knew at that time, I was like, if I don't do it now, it just simply ain't going to happen. Right. I was turning, th- oh, I was 34 and, you know, you know, I've been with, um, at that time, my, my, my wife for a few years, we've been together since we were 16 and, you know, one day we're going to have kids, blah, blah, blah. I'm blessed with two um, children today. You know, I knew at that time it's, it's either now or not. So that night after the conference, I called out my wife who was back in London. And I said to her, I was like, darling, I'm going to do this. I'm going to resign from the firm and I'm going to start up my company. And you know, all my savings and our savings we put together, I'm going to put it into Contexa, obviously now called Contexa. And by the way, you know, we earn a salary every month. And by the way, we're not going to do that for at least two years. <laughs> we still have the mortgage. <laughs> we still got the mortgage to pay. But, you know, we're going to balance this out. I'm going to do it. Um, you know, what are your views and blah, blah, blah. And actually, guys, my wife, a foundational pillar to my success, said, go for it. Wow. Because she knew if I didn't do it, it would eat me inside that f- 10 years later, I would have been at the firm. And it would have eaten me inside that I, I didn't back my idea. And your earlier question, right, is, um, you know, if I didn't have the experience, would I have been it successful? Right. That was uh, your earlier question. I think the answer is no. My experience at Dedica and BAE and then SAS and then E&Y has really helped me and has been, you know, I've learned stuff from people. I've learned stuff people shouldn't have done and they did do and they failed and I learned that. You know, my dad said to me, you know, a wise man learns from his mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. And again, I was fortunate, right? I saw some great people on the way. I also met some awful people on the way. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names on this, but, you know, um, and I learned from, from that, right? So that experience and, you know, my time at E&Y really rounded me as an individual 
any big four or big six absolutely does that to you, rounds you out as an individual and gave me great foundations to start Quantexa. And so how many people did you have with you to, to build that product initially then? I mean, how, also, how long did it take to, to, to put that together? Oh, great question. So um, I had a, um, the vision of what I wanted is not as clear <laughs> as it is today when I started the company. I can tell you that now. I want to stitch this data together, blah, blah, this, and then I'm going to solve that problem and this problem and that problem with it. Um, so when I resigned up from the firm, I actually, you know, as coming back to my earlier point, today was it's always about the people people who trust me people who i trust and are, in, are are credible so i actually went back to the people that i had worked with at bae at sas and i recruited and again kudos to these people you know they were in great jobs you know some of them were having children or had children young children some of them um you know were at a tail end of their career where they didn't really want to take this risk you know, they're, they're, you know, touching 50, 52, you know, do a startup at 52. Why? Why would I want to do that? I've got a great job here. It was a big convincing process, I must say. And, you know, very quickly, you know, when I incept, um, uh, incepted the company in the 1st of March 2016, very quickly, I was up to about 10 people in a matter of a couple of months, right? Are they 10 people with salaries? With salaries. Wow. Uh, some of them actually, to, to be clear, so uh, some of them absolutely with salaries. Uh, the first three or four, um, they also took a salary sacrifice for six months, nine months, 12 months. But um, yeah, I mean, some of them straight away. I mean, by year one, guys, I was 40 people at Quantexa. And how, how are you funding this? <laughs> a lot of my, my savings, a lot of my savings. I, I, I won't go how much was I down in year one, but it was six figures. I was down in year one, right? Wow. Um, but I was backing the vision, right? Backing the vision, backing, you know, a bit my team, the team that I, I, I have picked, hadn't picked, right? And yeah, you know, um, I was down. I was down, you know, six figures, um, almost getting to seven figures. Um, I was down, right? Until we broke the first bid. Um, we won it against some of the biggest players in tech today. And we won against them when I was like 30 people, one year old. And we beat some of the biggest tech companies on this. And um, that was a huge win for me, a massive win for me. And that, that first sale, when was the first sale? Year two. It was year two. Um, year two, because we took the beta, deployed it on client infrastructure. And remember, I'm talking some of the largest banks on the planet. So the onboarding with these banks are five months Four months, just onboarding. Can you give us some name drops? Are you allowed to drop any names? Yeah, so uh, what, the first client of Quantexa was HSBC Bank PLC. That's a big win for the first for the first yeah. client. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and a fantastic client, and you know, um, a big client for me today, still today. Great relationship. They and, and they, you know, kudos to HSBC. You know, they took a bet on a bunch of uh, people who, you know, they've known me. They knew me at EY. They knew me at Delica. They knew me at SAS. So it wasn't I was a stranger to the bank that's going to help but you know they i had to be onboarded as a as a supplier that took five six seven months whatever it was they had this problem right big problem around stitching data together within compliance and and you know they also bought into the journey the roadmap they they were also supporting me on the roadmap so you know kudos to them you know and it was great and it still is great working with hsb He's a fantastic client but yeah they were they were my first client my first deployment was hsbc bank on their infrastructure. 
was that enough to get you out of that black hole or was that still more of a, a ramp up to get yourself back into the black? Well, I, I mean, I knew I could invest more, right? I knew if, if it needed, I could go on, right? I'm not saying I was, it was a bottomless end of money behind Vish, right? But I could go more. But, um, you know, we, we did well uh, with HSBC. You know, we, we started getting some consulting revenue which was really good. So that kind of gave me a bit of cash flow. You know, they were buying the people at a day rate. Some, And we also had, a, you know, we had two clients at one point running with the product and they were giving me consulting revenue. It wasn't software revenue yet because it wasn't there. It was still in beta. But I was getting consulting revenue, which I was using, guys, as cash flow, right? Salary. It was salaries and salaries, right? As I say, um, as some individual did take salary sacrifice, which took a bit of the heat off. But when it when it flicked, was when we won the RFP at uh, HSBC, and then I closed within six months after my Series A. Right. Had you already started that as you were doing the? Because that takes a while to go through a Series A, does it? Yeah, it took me six months. What What was What was the stress level like in this period where you're getting into this? The debt's building up and building up. You don't know if you're going to win the RFP, and you know that. Well, how do you deal with the stress level? <sighs> <laughs> okay that's a perfect response <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i i would say it was hard yeah quite lonely sometimes you know it can be a lonely you know you're not just responsible for yourself your family by the time i just had my first child my my first daughter because you needed a bit more stress yeah the stress of i mean when i was running the business and raising money for series a i got hives it's the first time in my life I even knew what hives were. And, you know, these boils were coming up on my arms and, and it was itching and it was making me feel hot. And then, you know, you, you take an antihistamine to calm it down. But what antihistamine makes you tired and lethargic and blue, blue, blue. And then you're into work, right? So, you know, there was these ups and downs where I used to take uh, antihistamine just to calm the hives down and then have a coffee to, because I'm back to going to a client meeting. And I'm telling you, it was stressful. My wife will remember this so well. It was so stressful. I would say that was happening for about three months. And it literally disappeared, guys, as soon as I signed my term sheet for Series A. Literally within, within 48 hours, boom, hive's gone, finish, body back to normal, we're good. It will find a way of coming out physically, won't it? That's the thing. If, if you bury the stress far enough down, it will come out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, 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 absolutely and hives hives is not fun right it was it was bloody horrible i could tell you that but you know you know how i got through that you know i, I listened to a lot of music bollywood music obviously with my indian background i listened to a lot of bollywood music i listened to obviously a lot of mainstream uh, music as well music is is actually a real big thing for me i it takes me away from work and do you use it for focus like do you have the headphones on to no so i can't do that i cannot listen to music and focus I, for me, music takes me away from, you know, stress. Oh, I always have it on. I can't, I can't concentrate if I don't have music on. My, my wife's the same. So when we, was, when we used to study together at college and uni, she used to have her headphones on with her mini display. And now I'm definitely showing age here <laughs> for the pair of us. And I would be in the library, like pure silence, like, you know, studying away because I needed that silence to, to, to study. But no, music helped. Like, I remember a lot when I used to commute into work, pods on, um, just to take me away from work before I used to get into the office. I'm aware that we've got a bit of a hard stop coming up, so I want to I want to close a couple of things out here. So, um, Quantexter, 
Uh, I didn't pronounce that right. Quantexa. I'll do it again. <laughs> what is uh, what's the next step for for Quantexa? Because you now you know you've got a billion a billion pounds was it a billion dollar valuation dollars dollars. Yeah, still pretty good. Uh, you got a billion, <laughs> a billion dollar valuation. What's next for 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 Quantexa? So I don't look at it from valuation and and, and so on because that's that's just a, an outcome of of the the great work we, we're doing, right? So you know what's next for for us? You know, first thing, we're having a great time. My attrition rates are tiny, single digits. People are on this journey. And they, and they love working here at Quantexa. And like I said at the beginning, it's always about the people, right? So we're 500 people now. We're going to get to 700 people. Um, we're opening up, you know, um, you know, we're doubling down in the Americas. We're doubling down in Australia. We're doubling down in Asia Pac. We're doubling down in the Middle East. You know, there's a lot of growth across those areas, doubling down in Europe. We are announcing, you know, the, the opening of our uh, technology and analytics hub in Malaga, uh, which I'm really excited by. And, you know, we, we will continue to invest um, in our people, in our clients, in the ecosystem we work with, our alliances and our partners. Uh, and I have great backers behind me, the likes of Warburg, Pinkers, Dawn, HSBC, Albion, Evolution, great backing behind me. So, you know, we, we want to have, uh, you know, we want to learn and we want to continue to learn and, and have fun. If I look at it from a, you know, a tangibility metrics perspective, you know, we will look to, again, double our business in the next 12 months, um, you know, continue doubling the business from a number of users to um, revenues to um, product lines. You know, we've got some exciting stuff coming out on our R&D and our product releases. So it's an exciting place. Long term. I mean, we've got the discipline, you know, I've got the big four background discipline into me and into the company and we bought, you know, some great leaders into the business. So, you know, could this be, a, 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 you know, the next chapter? Could it be, you know, we, we continue to run as is or could it be, you know, we partner up with someone else or could it be an IPO? These are all avenues and not I'm not even looking at any of these avenues today. It's about execution. It's about being relentlessly focused on the mission and continue to, uh, you know, serve our clients uh, to the best we can. And that's the mission. And so just to just to, to finish off then, because we talked a lot about your experience as a CEO, your, your experience and, you know, how you've got to this point as a CEO. What advice do you have for aspiring CEOs who would like to go from zero to, well, hero, which is pretty much what, you, what you've described? I wouldn't say I was ever a zero, but yeah, I, I hear what, you. I'm, what, I, what I mean is from having having no having a base startup of nothing. You know, you've taken a leap out of a comfortable company. I'm only pulling your leg. I'm only <laughs> your leg. Um, no, so I, I would say there's a couple of things, right? And again, I, I don't want to I don't want to overemphasize the early point. Is there are different challenges and different parts of the journey as you evolve your business? You know, at the beginning. I'm going to say it a thousand times, focus, focus, focus. And and again, I'll go at the beginning, cash is king. You know, I cannot stress enough, you know, keep your hand on the pulse of the money coming in, the money going out, the forecasting, it is critical. The third point at the beginning was, and it's still true, it's always about the people, people who you trust, People who trust in you. It's, you know, I would say when you're a small group at the beginning, that culture becomes really, really important. Then as you go to the next phase, is how do you how do you export? How do you scale that culture? 
But, you know, I'll come back to something that my dad taught me when I was very young at the cash and carry. And I still come back to a lot about the cash and carry. Customer first. Everything we do here at Quantexa, we always put our customer in the site and go, how would this impact them? How is this helping them? Would this hinder them? Customer first. It sounds so simple. You go to the grocery shop that we used to have. My mum and dad used to put customer first. I'm running you know, a business you know, of 500 people supporting over 9,000 end users. Customer first. Stay innovative. Bring it back into the base. Productizing. Obviously, we're a product company. So productizing everything, it becomes really important. But you know, now as I look at Quantexo, my challenges are very different to what it was when I started Q. For me, the biggest thing now is scale continue to scale the business. So everything I look at, it comes with a lens of scale. So, I mean, I could talk about lots of different areas, but, you know, at the beginning, focus, focus, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> oh, well, that was brilliant. That was fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Vish. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's a great story, and I love that, you know, it comes all the way from the cash and carry. I think that's, uh, that, that's, that's fabulous. <laughs> thanks for your time. No worries. Thank you, guys. And uh, great, great speaking to you all. Thank you. Okay, that was a great talk and pretty inspiring. I mean, I love a, a story of business people who have a spark of an idea and can, uh, can make it happen. Especially having the confidence to just plunge into debt with such confidence. So much confidence. <laughs> so much. So much confidence. Yeah. No, a lot of confidence, right? Anyway. On the next show, we have James Fair of Executech, who will be talking to us about everything from Atari and electronics to building and leading teams. We want to sincerely thank you for supporting the show, and we really couldn't do this without you. Please, once again, like, subscribe, give us a follow, maybe head on over to buy me a coffee and, well, you know, buy us a coffee. Yeah, hit the bell. We like that for subscribing. And uh, check out the website and, and the rest of YouTube, the rest of whatever podcast app you're listening to for 65 other episodes, including Uncle Bob, Blake Lemoyne, the grandfather of microservices, Fred George, the inventor of the BBC iPlayer, Ben Lavender, and many, many more. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use uh, so you can take us with you in, in your earphones. And why not give us a five-star review on those podcast apps? Follow us on social media and retweet, repost, like, and comment to help us get our content to others who might like it. Anyway, that's enough. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye.